0: Welcome to the edition podcast. I'm thrilled this week to be joined by Tom Merritt. Now, he's going to be wearing multiple hats during this show because we've got a lot of different things to discuss, but I'm going to first introduce him the way you better know, Tom is now for people I can confirm put on at least one hat. Yeah, and we're expecting this to change as the show goes on. But he at the moment is the uh, host of the Day Tech News show and Court Killers um so who better to discuss the world of digital media which is what we do here hi tom
1: hello charlotte uh i also do own a lot of hats so as many hats as you want me to wear in the show i will wear them he
0: he, he's two hats in so far and it's good it's good i think that's appropriate so there's really only one place we can start you know the summer is meant to be a bit quiet for digital media lol that's not (laughs) happening We've got the entire new Marvel Cinematic Universe. We've got all of that going on. Some good new shows being releases, but amongst all of that, we have Netflix results. And the weird thing about Netflix results is they're bad, but they're probably kind of happy about them because they're not as bad as they thought they were going to be. (laughs) Like they
1: thought it was. So when it comes to Wall Street, it's always like. Uh, what were the expectations, and did we meet or beat them? And if your expectations drop, as they did in Netflix's case, hey, you could still have bad results. But if they beat expectations, everybody's happy,
0: right? Exactly. And so they lost a million users in the second quarter, in their second quarter, and that is the second straight quarterly drop. Which, given the first time it happened, it hadn't happened for a decade. Am I remembering that right?
1: More than that, yeah, I think so.
0: Um. Is quite a big deal for them to have done it to have happened two quarters in a row. Um, is that the technical definition of a Netflix recession if it happens two quarters yeah, yeah. in a row?
1: <laughs> it's the back of the envelope uh, definition of a, a Netflix mm-hmm. session.
0: A Netflix session. Well, thank you for giving me the name of this show. Um, so its total revenue was still uh, quite healthy 7.97 billion of your US dollars. Uh, that was just below Anna's expectation of point zero four uh, billion dollars so it's a big deal you know the letter to investors said that the challenge and opportunities to accelerate our revenue and membership growth by continuing to improve our product content and marketing as we've done for the last 25 years and to better monetize our big audience I mean that's kind of generic stuff you and I could have probably penned that knowing what we know about Netflix but what was your take on this increase ongoing loss of subscribers.
1: Yeah, I, I think it, it seems to have shaken Netflix would be my first thing, uh, because they have reversed course on several things. Uh, obviously, they have announced an ad supported tier, which they had always said They weren't interested in doing. They'd never said never, but they had always said, nah, not something we're interested in doing. Uh, They have started efforts to really try to gain revenue from people who are password sharing, who might otherwise pay if they weren't sharing an account with someone. Uh, And it looks like they're cutting their spending. Uh, they, that they are not just wildly, you know, throwing cash around, hoping something sticks against the wall. They're, they're getting a little more strategic with their spending, uh, and talking more publicly about numbers and strategy and how they want to build franchises that are from within, uh, that, that people will bond to a la Bridgerton, a la stranger things. Mm. So it's, it's definitely a change in attitude on Netflix. On the other hand, I don't think it's entirely unexpected. Netflix has been ahead of this game since they essentially created it. Uh, when they started the streaming version, remember, there were DVD service that everybody thought uh, streaming was a dumb idea. Nobody has the bandwidth. Who's going to do that? Uh, you know, DVDs are, are solid. And they, they turned out to be right. So I feel like it's only to be expected that the first company to hit saturation would be Netflix, because they've been at this so long. And they're hitting saturation in the market they launched in first, uh, in North America, and the market they launched in second, Europe. Uh, they are not at saturation. In fact, they're growing uh, in Asia. So it's it's not all bad news, and it's not all unexpected news.
0: Um, that point about the growth markets is really important, because last time I checked, there's quite a lot of people in Asia and yeah. quite a lot yeah, of them, quite a, few. quite a few, and quite a lot of them are the technically savvy middle class users that Netflix will like. Uh, and we know that Netflix, one of its big focuses recently, has been on creating native content for non-Western, non-English speaking markets. It takes that very, very seriously. Yeah. You
1: see a lot of good stuff coming out of Korea, a lot of good stuff coming out of Spain, places like that. Absolutely.
0: Spanish language content has been huge investments. Same with Korea. Exactly. Those, those are big things for Netflix. So obviously they would see, I guess, some justification in those strategies that there are other markets where it's growing and and they can maybe create native, you know, more content in those languages uh, for, for those places where there is growth. But, um, And I do think your point that, you know, there's been this kind of freak out is the era of streaming over because Netflix has had a couple of difficult quarters. I'm going to posit to you, Tom, that the era of streaming is not over.
1: (laughs) Ooh, yeah. You know, when you posit something to me, it makes me want to take the other side, but I'm not sure I can.
0: (laughs) I'm also going to put to you that a lot of people are still going to use a lot of streaming services.
1: Mm, What?
0: Um, what I do think is happening, and I think you and I have discussed this before, is people are very reticent to sign up to all the streaming services. Yeah. Um, you know, Paramount Plus just recently launched in the UK, and as I wrote, I wrote about it on on the edition newsletter. I was like, honestly, you don't need to spend the money on it yet, unless you. Are completely obsessed with Star Trek and must have all of Star Trek at your fingertips and don't have access to it on all the other services you already have. At the moment, you can enjoy the seven day free trial of Paramount Plus and then it's okay. And I noticed that Sky here in the UK are already bundling in Paramount Plus with Sky Cinema. So these things are coalescing back together, aren't they? Um, and the other thing I find interesting about these netflix numbers specifically is we have always kind of assumed i think those of us like you and i who follow this streaming world closely that it was always netflix plus one or maybe netflix plus two that people would have but everyone had to have netflix and maybe you'd have amazon prime for the free shipping and then if you fancied amazon oh sorry if you fancied apple or disney plus you'd go in one of those i'm not so sure netflix is the go-to one now that everyone feels they have to have
1: yeah, that's, that's the other problem, uh, that I didn't mention is competition. It's not just saturation, it's also competition. So, uh, to, to borrow a phase from Marvel, we're entering a new phase uh, of this story, right? We are, we are now in a world of parody where Disney plus is not only popular, but international paramount plus, as you just mentioned, international, uh, you've got Netflix racing ahead of the competition by going international early, but you're starting to see other companies catch up. So you also have regional players like Vicky, like Cocoa, uh, like Hotstar, which is Disney. Uh, but th- there's plenty of other examples out there. So Netflix can't just command the market because they're the only one. They can't just command the market because they have the most experience. It's now an open market. And and as we know from Friendster, uh, you just being first is never enough. You, never you've got to stay best.
0: No, because you might have the something come along and eat your breakfast. Um, And I I think Disney Plus is the thing that has tilted the balance, actually. And particularly, I think part of this, actually, it's a terrible thing to say, but I think COVID really helped Disney and Disney Plus because it forced Disney to make the decision to put big property IP straight on its streaming service. Instead of trying to make people cute for theatres, it had to get it to people. So it yeah. got it to them on Disney Plus and people were prepared to pay for that content.
1: And people and, uh, signed up for Disney Plus that might not have otherwise.
0: For sure. For sure. And probably just went, oh, do you know what? I'm not going anywhere. I'll spend the 70 bucks to have it for a year. And then you're in and then it's actually, there's just a huge amount now on disney plus which has changed the game and i think is the big comparison to something like paramount plus where there's just not enough substance and i wonder if the big flaw and that kind of rather benign statement from netflix hints at this i wonder if the big flaw has been the content you know disney is churning out big ticket items so regularly, whether it's from the Marvel Universe, Disney stuff, stuff like Pam and Tommy, The Beatles Get Back, is a constant flow of really big ticket content. And there's Squid Games, there's Stranger Things. And then you're kind of struggling. I'm being a bit disingenuous, but not much with the big stuff that you have to have Netflix. Like when we first got Netflix... You had to have Netflix because you had to watch Orange is the New Black. I can't think of a show that recently. And I do watch Netflix. You know, I've enjoyed The Lincoln Law. There's things I've enjoyed on it. But, like, there's none of this stuff. Oh, my God, it's coming out today. I've got to have Netflix so I can watch it before all my friends spoiler it for me.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that even more so, it's a different one of those for different people. Uh, whereas with Disney... Arguably, it's different for different people with Disney, too, but it's Marvel. It's Star Wars. uh, It's Disney, the brand itself. And, and, you know, Disney movies and Disney series for kids. Uh, These are huge franchises. And that's why you see Netflix publicly trying to reassure investors, we are going to build franchises. We are going to build a Stranger Things franchise so that the Stranger Things fans get bigger. And when there's a new Stranger Things spinoff, uh, they will flock to it. And they want to build The Witcher into that. And they want to build Bridgerton into that. The problem is, you know what to think of when you think of Disney. And in fact, I would argue most people know what to think of when they think of HBO Max, what kind of programming they're going to get. Netflix is like a broadcast network, right? It's, it's like BBC One. Uh, you're going to get anything on it. You 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 will get good stuff, but there's not just the thing that you're going to get. And I think that causes a lot of people to wonder, well, do I really need it? Because I never really know what's coming next. Granted, broadcast networks, certainly in the United States, uh, continue to have large audiences. In fact, the only audience larger than CBS, according to Nielsen, is Netflix. And the reason I know that is because Netflix cited that in their earnings report because right. they're actually, citing numbers now.
0: If someone had told you that, Fifteen When Netflix was starting this thing, if someone had told you it'd be bigger than CBS or the competitors of CBS, you'd have said that's crazy.
1: I would have said it'll take a long time. Uh, I would have probably said only because of the decline of broadcast. I would have predicted a faster decline for CBS than I would have predicted the, right. uh, the success of Netflix. Put it that way.
0: And that conversation is a whole different show. I, yeah, wanted, yeah. I want to talk to you about this ad tier. That, as you mentioned, they're going to re- put out in 2023. It's going to be set at a lower price. Um, obviously, the idea is to try and encourage some people in. You know, get some revenue off more people. Um, and yes, yeah, you're you're right that they kind of never said, "Oh, ads smell. We don't want ads." But they kind of were a bit snotty about it and the They're whole thing was, yeah. yeah, and the whole thing was, haha, if you watch this on TV, you have to watch it with ads. but if you watch it on Netflix, you get the whole show the whole way through. Now, I'm someone I don't particularly mind ads. No surprise, you know, I have ads on this show and I enjoy that. I don't particularly I don't resent it when I listen to podcasts or watch TV shows that have ads on it. Um, I, you know, when it's creators and podcasters, I like hearing the things they're interested in. It doesn't bother me particularly for two or three minutes in a, you know, in the break of a show. I know in America, a lot of your stuff is a bit more ad saturated. Mm. But as a general rule, it doesn't bother me. And I'm not sure it, it particularly would bother me within a Netflix show. But they've kind of made it their thing that they're not going to have ads and so i kind of wonder if you they're dismissing diminishing the brand in some way by going down that route
1: yeah, it's it's a fair argument, right? It's not about what's rational; it's about what your perception is. Uh, I I've gone round and round with a few listeners to to cord killers who say if they bring ads to the platform, uh, I will unsubscribe. And I say, well, hold on, what do you mean by that? If you do, you mean if they inject ads into your current plan, or do you mean if they bring ads at all? And these mm. folks, because I'm like Netflix is saying they're not going to add ads to the current tiers they're going to create a brand new tier that is ad supported and these people say ads at all i don't care if they're in my plan Yay. if they do ads i'm out of here and it's a sounds unreasonable to my ears but not infrequent reaction now there's a difference between what people say and what they'll actually do uh so i imagine fewer people will do that than say they will do that but you're right there there is a perception out there that netflix you told me you were going to be the place for everything. And Netflix never said that, but they certainly let people believe that, certainly Mm -hmm. in the early days, right? Netflix, you told me you'd never have ads. And Netflix will say, well, we never said never. But they, as you you so rightly pointed out, certainly played into the fact that they didn't have ads. Uh, So there's a psychology going on of, well, what else are you going to change now? Even if Netflix does it in a very innovative way, which they say they're going to do, uh, that they, they're going to not interrupt the flow of shows somehow. I don't know if that means just pre-rolls or if it means banner ads or what, uh, but they are going to have to combat that backlash that another service wouldn't have to do.
0: And it's so interesting. So think of all the different types of people that watch Netflix. It's either, how could I put this delicately, an older generation who grew up on network television, Which always had adverts in it. Yeah. Or it's people who have grown up watching YouTube, where people have adverts in it. Yeah. Either pre roll and post roll, you know, beginning and end injected by uh, Google, or it's stuff that the host reads. Or the, I mean, I sort of recalled when he said maybe they'll do banner ads because I'm thinking of all the things I want. What I don't want is a banner in a dramatic moment of a TV show. Um, you know, post roll, pre roll doesn't offend me in the slightest. But any, or even a natural advert break as we're used to on television, doesn't offend me in the slightest. But you know, a banner coming up during a show probably would bother me. But then I'm thinking, but that happens on YouTube the whole time.
1: Yeah, and it depends what, on why how is they it do bothering it? me. If it's covering a part of the 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 screen. Or part of the action, then it's going to annoy you. If it squeezes things back, which you see in sports a lot, where they, you know, the main screen just kind of shrinks and they put the ad to the side or down below. Yeah, I'm
0: only aware of this from kind of watching sports from other countries, or um, how can I put this? Seeing television coverage for of football from other countries, where Mm. yes, it does, as you say, just uh, you know, squeeze into a corner. That doesn't happen here with sport in the UK.
1: Yeah, so so they could do something like that. I, I'm very curious what they end up doing. They partnered with Microsoft, and they say they they've got a whole new approach. They delayed it. They had been saying they wanted to launch it by the end of the year. After they signed the deal with Microsoft, they started talking about early 2023. Uh, so it sounds like it's going to take a little longer to get going. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm sitting here on the edge of my seat. Uh, the, it's the most well, dramatic thing Netflix has done all year. What are they going to do with ads?
0: it's even more dramatic than the end of stranger things or exactly. something or something and look we will definitely discuss it when you come back because it is a big shift i mean i i'm noticing for example amazon prime video there are some pre roll ads in that but it's normally for their content isn't yeah, it yeah it's
1: trailers promotions stuff like that yeah
0: which again feels a bit different to buy this product or sign up mm. to this thing uh as again I, I'm not offended by the pre-roll trailers. In fact, I quite like it because maybe I'll find a show... People get that really I,
1: bent out of shape by that, but I'm like, well, it's, it, you're just telling me another thing that's on Amazon. That's actually a service. Well, you know, I may or may not like it, but it's good to know.
0: One, I might find a show I like. Two, there's a skip button. It's okay. Yeah, that's the key. It, it will be okay. Um, but yes, there's all sorts of ways this is going to work. We don't even know really the uh, the price point this is going to be, but we're led to believe it will be lower cynical me wonders if they're also going to put up the price once again of the normal plan when they integrate this lower mm. one um i i and i do think that increasing price point is pushing its luck i think that's a big factor in people going do you know what i don't need this anymore
1: they seem to acknowledge that the loss in subscribers is in part due to raising prices they also acknowledged that the average revenue per user went up when they raised prices. So, uh, you know, there, there may be some room in that that uh, supply and demand uh, graph still. We'll see.
0: Look, uh, yeah, it, look, it's, re- it's really fascinating. And you and I will no doubt to have different conversations on a variety of different shows about this as this mm. plays out over the next six, 12 months. Um, but of course, I want to say thank you to people for supporting this show, if you don't want to spend your money on a streaming service on Netflix, you could, of course, spend it by supporting and subscribing. (laughs) But I just say Tom is now putting on another hat just because he knows what's coming next and we're having a gear shift. So I really appreciate his commitment to this. But yes, if if you've decided maybe Netflix is not for you, maybe supporting the edition is. Um, You can subscribe monthly or annually. It's only £3.50 a month, Tom. £3.50 a month.
1: That's like a third of the base Netflix price. It's like That's
0: nothing. £3.50 a month. Help support independent media. Get you know, you get an extra Sunday review of normally a show, a book, something like that, a movie. Um, there'll be exclusive content, other written content for uh listeners as well. Um and and readers. The podcast is never behind a paywall, but other stuff is. So I do hope you'll head over to the edition with an A double D. Dot subset.com and support me over there. Now Mr. Tomara, I introduced you as the host of DTNS and Cord Killers. but when I was on holiday, you were on a different show, hence the new hat. <laughs> That's
1: right. Thank, and thank you for committing to a visual bit on your audio podcast.: Yes really yes. Really-
0: no, it's important. <laughs> Um, I'm going to have to put some screenshots up in the, in the, in the newsletter that goes out (laughs) accompanying this, but, um, it's called a word with, and I have to say, I think I timed it just right. Listening to it on a plane journey and listening to it on holiday, because you pick a word, a subject every week, you have an expert, very well-informed guest to discuss that topic. And it's a, about an hour long. In-depth conversation with you, and I have to say I thoroughly enjoyed it. I love the format. I have loved the conversations you've had so far. Not just smoking, you know, blowing smoke up you, but I really do mean that. But what (laughs) inspired you to? It's completely different to the shows you do now. Like DTNS is kind of sharp, twenty minutes, half an hour, the news of the day, bang, move on. This is different. This is like having a conversation with a friend at a coffee shop but a really 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 freaking smart friend
1: (laughs) yeah I I got the idea for doing the show uh when I was listening to other shows so I'd be you know out walking my dog uh listening to a podcast and I'd think oh I I want to I want to I want to talk about just that part of of the story they were talking about and and like most shows uh they move on and and they talk about other things and so I got the idea of being able to have people on to have an extended conversation where we talk about not what to think, not like what I do with Daily Tech News Show or know a little more or even Cord Killers, where we where we research and say, OK, here's what's happening. Uh, what is our opinion about what's happening? But we have to really understand what's happening to talk about it, like we did now. We, you, you set up the Netflix story by talking about the earnings report and what they're doing. I wanted to talk more more not openly, but but with fewer limitations about how people approach a topic and how people think about the topic. And so I decided, and, and I kicked this around for like a year in my head. I had different names for it. I d- had different topics for it. Uh, but it finally came down to, I was, I was brainstorming with my friend, Justin Robert Young from Politics, Politics, Politics podcast. Uh, and we hit on the idea. What's of- that show about? Uh, it's it's about car racing. Yeah. Sure,
0: sure. Yeah, I thought baseball. Okay.
1: Uh huh. Uh, we we hit on the idea of using a word to spark the conversation so that there was a focus to the show. So people kind of knew what what they were getting into, but the show isn't trying to promise we're going to explain everything about that. There's plenty of podcasts that do that. This is a show where we're going to explore that word in relation to the person I have on. So it's, it's less about the word and more about the person and why that word kind of shows you how they think with the hopeful idea that that when you get to the end of every episode, you can pick up a few tricks about like, oh, that's an interesting way to think about things. That's an interesting way to approach that, a, a topic uh, and and help you have some more tools in your toolkit to make sense of the world.
0: I definitely found that. And the trailer for the show is called Welcome to the Front Room. And you say the show you, you talked about, you're kicking the idea around, but the show you always introduce was inspired by two of your grandparents uh two, a grandma and a grandpa that were married, different parents' parents. Yeah, yeah. Um, who used to kind of go through the newspapers with you and chat with you about the big stories of the day. You, amazingly, you fix the world's problems with them, which is great. <laughs> and um I think that comes across like I you can tell listen to you, you don't agree with everything your guests say, and then that's not the point of the show.
1: So, say again.
0: You don't particularly agree with everything your guests. guessing. Oh, say. no,
1: no, abs- absolutely not. Uh, but I, I'm they, not trying to.
0: But you're not trying to. And it, I think facilitating those conversations is increasingly important in this world. I thought it was very apt that the first word and the first episode was about tribalism, which I thought was uh, rather apt in this day and age. You've done Free Will with Dave Brodbeck. Uh, I was just listening to uh, the wor- episode about creator with Lamar Wilson which was wonderful and I've still got categories with Annalie Newitz to come and you know they're kind of hour-long 40-minute conversations and they're they're, they're really worth this are you enjoying the change of pace as a presenter
1: Yeah, I am because, uh, like, like you said, uh, I, I had, you know, my mom's grandpa, grandpa Carl, we would sit down and he'd open the St. Louis globe Democrat, which was still a paper back then. Uh, and we'd go through the stories of the day. And that was kind of the newsy, like, let's share opinions. Let's figure out why this is happening. And my grandma Roxy was my, my father's mother. Uh, we would just sort of talk about the world and she would, she would bring in her experiences. She, she grew, grew up in, in, you know, a farm without electricity, went to a one room schoolhouse, all, all that sort of thing. Uh, and just tell me stories about her life. And, and between the two of them, I got a really good appreciation of how to have different views of the world. Uh, not the least of which is because they've, f- they favored different political parties, uh, the, those two. So, I wanted to have that kind of feel to this of we're not here with a specific goal. Like know a little more is I'm going to teach you about variable refresh rate. And hopefully by the end, you know more about that. This is more, uh, let's have a, let's see where the conversation takes us and have an enjoyable conversation that we both benefit from as participants, but the audience will too.
0: And I really think they do. And I, I, it's good to have these more in-depth conversations, you know, there are plenty of podcasts that have done the long freewheeling thing we can think of some very famous podcasters that sure. do that I've never been one to commit to the three-hour podcast personally I don't have the attention span but I think a kind of structured hour where everyone has the space to say what they need but it's kind of it's nice I mean it's obviously the opposite of what I'm doing here which is as you said there's a hook Netflix put its results out let's have a quick discuss, you know half an hour discussion yeah, about yeah. netflix but the, in the the joy of podcasting courses there's a lot of space for all these different things um and so i uh, i just wanted to kind of take a few minutes at the end of e- this episode to kind of understand how uh a word with tom merrick came about and and kind of where you're going with it so have you got a lot of episodes planned what, what have we got to look forward to on that
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I should give full credit to Jen, Jen Cutter, uh, who's producing the show, uh, who sort of helped mold the concept and and, and uh, give feedback on the conversations and how they go and, and help book the guests. Uh, and uh, Anthony Lemos, a- a- who we call Amos uh, for short, uh-huh. uh, who edits them. And uh, there's and not a lot of editing. Yeah, there's not a lot of editing to be done on on my normal shows because they're sort of live to tape. This one, because we just let the conversation roam where it goes, uh, it benefits from saying, "Well, th- that ended up being a dead end." You know, for for the listeners' sake, let's let's you know tighten it up uh, and pull things out. And he he does create some like bonus content out of that, uh, and you can you can pay to get a, a an ad free feed and you get a little bit of that bonus content in there. Uh, but but yeah, it's uh, it's. It's a group effort, uh, and really what I want to do is just find more people. So we've got Brian Ibbett, uh coming up to talk about podcasts. Uh, we've got Ron Richards coming up to talk about fandom, uh, mm-hmm. I- but of course, the host of the podcast Coverville that's been around for forever uh, since the beginning of podcasting. And he talks about how he pioneered music licensing for podcasting, which I had no idea until we started uh, talking to him. Ron Richards works for Marvel on the digital side, but we end up talking with Ron more about music fandom, uh, not just about comic <laughs> fandom. Uh, so it's a, it's a combination there and I, I'm, I'm getting Brian Brushwood on the show. Uh, oh, i getting God. Mallory O'Mara on the show. She's a, she's an author who does uh really well-researched books. So I, I'm just looking for, I'm looking for interesting people to talk to and then, then finding topics to, to kind of guide, to launch the conversation.
0: I'm scared about the Brian Brushwood episode. That sounds dangerous.
1: Yeah. I, 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 I was, we're yeah. still figuring out his word. Because yes. there's too many to choose.
0: Brian uses many words. Let's.
1: But honestly, it doesn't really matter what word we choose with Brian, because it's just, it's just going to go where it goes and it's going to be so much fun. Uh,
0: but yeah, I, I think it is important that, you know, you and I are having a laugh here and whatever, but I think facilitating more in-depth conversations is important. And I think there's lots of, you know, there's plenty of podcasts that do that. I've really enjoyed listening to it. So I hope it continues and good luck with it. Um, well, thanks, Tom, Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. So we've we'll discussed a word with where else can people find you? Uh,
1: yes. A word podcast.com. If you want to find the, the new one uh, and pretty much everything I do is available at dot two R's two T's.
0: I'm at Charlotte a Henry on the Twitters. Of course, please do head over to the com. As I said, and a paid subscription really helps keep this show helps keep the newsletter on the road and you can also obviously get the podcast in the Substack or either in the Substack app or on Substack.com, or you can get it on your favorite podcast app. So presumably, if you're listening to this show, you know how to find a podcast. But there you go. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you once again, Tom, and I'll see you all next week. <laughs>